Doing it live on a Tuesday, Bo Bishop and Johnny Ginter. It is the Dubcast. Here's what I was thinking, my friend, because there's there's several things, and some of these are juicy, kids. I won't <laughs> pretend they're not juicy, and we're probably going to get our hands dirty on a couple of these things, but I'm fine with that. Um, there, there are several things that are int- that interest me. So let's play topic roulette. I will give you the topics, and you can pick which one you want to do first. Okay. And, okay. And, or what you think is the lead. Like, let's pretend this is journalism class, and I'll give you four <laughs> topics, and you go, all right, let's put that one first. That's the lead story. And, and we'll stack what would be like a traditional hour of Columbus radio. So you get four topics an hour. Um, mm-hmm. So I have four topics and we'll do a little bit on each. And again, we could get our hands dirty a little bit in these. All right. These are the things that interest me this week. Okay. Ezekiel Elliott and Buckeye Cruz for cancer drama spewing <laughs> into Columbus radio battle. Okay. One. That was fun. Topic two, uh, Lou Holtz and Phil Knight assistant coaches for the spring game. <laughs> not as juicy but but funny it's pretty crazy yeah topic three tom herman annihilates his ohio state legacy with one tweet <laughs> topic four kyle snyder is a beast and penn state randomly decides to be great at sports that nobody else is really cares about okay so those are the four topics that interest me those are all really good topics. Tell you what. I know they really are. We could probably do yeah. 45 minutes on each, but by God, we don't have that kind of time. True. So let's, I, I mean, I want to devote probably the, the lion's share to this to, uh, to wrestling, but I want to start off with Lou Holtz and, uh, you know, Phil Knight and, and just the, the, the spring game stuff. Cause let's talk a little bit of football a little bit and, and talk about how silly that is. Cause I really, I really love the fact that Lou Holtz might become this insane grandfatherly figure that's just hovering around the program a little bit. That appeals okay. to me quite a bit. All right, I would say you failed the test because okay. the juiciest are the other two. But the, but they but I understand you're a genuine man. You're you're at the purity of journalism school, and so <laughs> uh, from a purity standpoint, the other two are probably more have more substance to them, where the other True. two are just salacious. Um, all right, so let's start with Holtz and Knight. So this came out today. Lou Holtz, Phil Knight are going to be assistant coaches for the Ohio State spring game. Lou Holtz's grandson is on the staff. Yes. Right. And Steve Adazio's is on this. I think his son, not his grandson, his son is on the staff. So Urban has just wild uh, personal ties to his coaching staff now. I mean, just, just crazy. I mean, his linebackers coach was the best man at his wedding. His receivers coach is his mentor's grandson. He's got Adazio's grandson. He's got, he's got Holtz's grandson. And Holtz was a mentor. I mean, there's so many people on his, it's the whole staff's family. And Urban is notorious for just, beating the living hell out of these guys every day in practice, these coaches, I am fascinated. And we'll, I'll get to Holtz and, and Knight in a second, but I'm fascinated if Urban has to change his approach because I don't think he can dog cuss like Shiano. I don't think he's going <laughs> to dog cuss Billy Davis. I don't think he probably dog cusses Larry Johnson already. Um, like, who's his whipping boy now? Warner's gone. Beck's gone. I mean, Kerry Combs is probably going to get a lot of the whipping. Um, but, like, where's it going to go? Like, he knows all these guys. Zach Smith's going to get a beat down for sure. Um, but like, where do these guys, where's the, where's his verbal lashing going to go to? He's got so many friends and family on his staff now. I've never seen anything like it. So, I mean, you, you gotta look for the younger dudes, right? Like those are the guys who, who really have to take the brunt of that. Um, you know, there was a lot of stuff today about like day, you know, and like the quarterbacks Mm -hmm. and all that. So we'll see if that, I mean, that could be a thing that could be the guy who may be asked to be trotted out in front of the media after a bad game or something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's interesting. The the kind of I don't want to say nepotism necessarily, but the familiarity between 
Everybody. I mean, it is in large part. Yeah, it is. A little bit. But, a little bit. <laughs> to be fair, yeah, you're right. You're right. And, and yeah, but I just think it's funny because you've got a guy who, like you said, is really known for just being this cutthroat guy. He's going to just, I don't care who it is. I'm taking him down and all this other stuff. Well, he but does. He's surrounded I mean, he by dog cusses these yeah. assistants, man. He berates them. I mean, it's yeah. it's crazy. You got to have a thick skin, man. Is Jim Cordell still on the staff? Can he? Still yeah, I think that? so. Is that... <laughs> yeah, but I don't. Yeah, I suppose Jimmy could. Jimmy's such a good dude, though. I can't imagine he's, Jimmy ever messing up. Guy. Yeah, yeah, I just can't imagine that. So, so the, the that buried the lead. The lead was Holtz and Knight are the assistant coaches. Now, this is why this is interesting to me. I mean, Holtz at this point is a caricature of himself, and that's fine. So, this is Urban, you know, giving Lou a little, you know, throwing him a bone. Sure. The Phil Knight thing is more, much more calculated. And oh, yeah. everything Urban does at Ohio State is done on purpose. Um, I don't think he does a, a single thing without thinking of the consequence and the possible benefit to him or the program. And Phil Knight's the latest in this. So what Ohio State has done and what Urban and Meyer has done since he has come to Ohio State is create what he believes and I think recruits believe and what I believe, it's really showing up in the NFL as well, is an apprenticeship to the National Football League. And so that's yes. what he's done. And, yeah. and they've done it. They they fought the cold weather stuff head on in the beginning with the uh, weren't they in the Apple ad and the Nike ad for the cold? Um, yeah. They they as a recruiting pitch they have told recruits if you're going to play in the cold if you play in the NFL why not learn how to do it here? The Phil Knight aspect Phil Knight is one of the uh, oh boy I mean he's on the shortest list of most innovative Americans and um, successful Americans of all time and influential when you think of the the power that Nike still sways with the kids, although I know Adidas has made a comeback the last year or so. Um, but Phil Knight's still the king of that. And Ohio State is kind of his, at this point, you know, aside from Oregon, Ohio State is kind of his his baby program. I mean, he gives Ohio State everything. You've got LeBron's everywhere. You get, they do whatever they want uniform-wise. I would imagine right now they probably sell more Ohio State gear than anywhere else. I know in years past it was Michigan or Carolina or even Texas or U.S. I mean, I'm sure Ohio State. I, I don't have any stats to back that up, so it's kind of a guess. But my guess would be Ohio State would sell as much as much merchandise as anybody else. I know they have the richest deal now. Yeah, this is a calculated move to get the head of that company on your campus yet again and let your kids see it and say, "Who who's at our spring game? Oh, the guy who cre- who founded Nike." Yeah, and in, in terms of cool factor, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to be Oregon. East, you know what I mean? Like, granted, you want to be a little better than they've been in the past couple of years, but you know, and just in terms of the cool factor, I mean, kids love Oregon just because of their uniforms, and people hate hearing that. They hate the idea that a kid would go to a school just because of something as superficial as that, but they 100% do. And I think Urban Meyer's, Absolutely. you know, super into that. I mean, I, why is Jim Harbaugh putting a basketball player on football jerseys? Like, it's it's pretty obvious what they're trying to accomplish, sure. and it works. It's successful, so I have no problem with that. Um, Selfishly, I will say the reason why I chose this particular story is because last year Lou Holtz was also, I believe, uh, he was at spring practices. I can't remember if he was actually at the spring game or not, Uh, but he showed up in a bright blue sweater with a yellow shirt (laughs) underneath it. And I ran a, I was, I think it was the weekend editor uh, that weekend, and I I ran a a short little blurb like story where I titled it, and this is my favorite headline I've ever written, but I wrote, Old Man Wears Wrong Thing. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I got some pictures of a few hours after that where Urban Meyer or somebody had told him to put on a jacket, so he's wearing an Ohio State jacket after that. So I thought that's that was so funny. funny. That yeah. and by the way, that's crazy that like you'd go to Lou Holtz and say you got to change coats. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, you know. But he like, did. But somebody absolutely one hundred percent. 
I've heard they've done that with like NFL scouts too. Like they'll oh, tell yeah. an NFL scout that he can't wear blue. And yeah, I think, oh, okay, come on. <laughs> it's maybe going a little too far, isn't it? But yeah. um, anyway, we're lad to a fun spring game. And it, and it certainly helps having the boss of Nike, um, you know, on your staff and as, as a, as a honorable, honorable coach. And look, what Nike's done for Ohio state has been pretty remarkable. Um, I saw that Andrew has the thing going on on the site with the uniform voting and it breaks yeah. my heart and it's such a get off the lawn moment of mine that the black uniforms have made the final. I just, yeah. <laughs> it makes me want to throw up. I just it's think it's, they're an abomination. And so I just, I just, I mean, but I guess I'm just getting old and, and look, the kids love it. I mean, the yeah. kids love black. I don't know. I don't understand why, but they do. It's cool. And um, it broke my heart to see that. It's cool and it's dangerous. You know what I mean? Like, is ooh. it? <laughs> No, I, feel I mean, like that's really, like, but it's. I know. think that's like what Ice Cube and those guys did in the '90s with the Raiders. Like, are people still doing it, that? I mean, it doesn't done hurt. With black? It doesn't hurt, man. Are people we aren't done? wearing the Chargers all over the place, trying to look like a badass. Like, you know, black is black is always cool. Like, I just, you just I can't guess. help it. Like, They're just not our colors, man. Like, it's just not. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, to me, Ohio State should wear scarlet hats. You know, I mean, gray hats, scarlet jerseys, and gray pants, and and that's the end of it. Um, yep. but I did see that. So that is a realization that I'm getting old perhaps. Um, <laughs> all right. So that's, that's topic one. I want topic two. So I'll Do choose it. topic two for the day. And, um, and this one to me is the most, has the most meat to it. And that is the Tom Herman tweet. Yes. So this happened. Uh, let me get the exact date on this. So this was March 13th. It was about a week ago. And his tweet says, it's hard to believe it's been three short years since I had to spend my March covered in snow. So thankful to be back home. So that's a tweet. And it says, God bless Texas with a hook'em. Mm-hmm. And then the picture is of the weather in Columbus, Ohio. And it shows a snowstorm. It shows 29 degrees, 33, 42, 44. Uh, and then it shows a radar of Columbus, Ohio with just pummeled in snow, right? I mean, <laughs> this was the snowstorm we all got last week. Yeah. So this, this is what's interesting because Tom learned at the foot of urban and he doesn't do anything without purpose. And so he did this with purpose. So some background on this. Tom Herman is hired as the head coach at Texas. He um, is, it's known that he's going to be the head coach at Texas for quite some time. And he has about a month or so to get a recruiting class together. And he finishes with the number 31 recruiting class in the country behind such schools as North Carolina, Louisville, Virginia Tech, Mississippi State, Kentucky, Utah. I mean, there's some dogs that are ahead of him uh, in the recruiting rankings. Maryland is ahead of him in the recruiting rankings. He's 31st in the country. And you would say, well, yeah, but he only got a month. And the retort would be, yeah, but it's Texas. And he's supposed to be the wonder boy and the wonder recruiter. How did he not finish in the top 15? And people in Texas are saying, how did he not finish with a top 10 class? Right. I mean, like we're Texas. He couldn't flip anybody. To make matters worse, the best players in the state of Texas, I have the list right here. And uh, this is off of Rivals, but you could use another one if you wanted to. They're all pretty close to the same. The best player in the state of Texas was Marvin Wilson. He ended up at Florida State. According to Rivals, the second best was a kid named Walker Little. He ends up at Stanford. Three of the next four went to Ohio State. Baron Browning, Jeff Okuda, and J.K. Dobbins all went to Ohio State. So three of the top seven players in the state of Texas went to Ohio State. You have to go all the way down to the 17th best player in the state of Texas, a kid named Sam Enlinger, who's a quarterback, to find the first kid from Texas ranked by rivals to go to the University of Texas. The 17th best player in the state of Texas went to Texas. Okay, That's rough. That's really rough. That's very rough. And it's not getting better. He only has one commit for next year. So he's off to a very slow start in recruiting. So what he did was a very pointed shot at Columbus and at Urban Meyer. And it, it, it 
comes, it seems to me, and I like Tommy. I like him personally. I think he's going to be a great head coach. Um, when I was doing the radio show in the old place, I said, this guy will be the first guy off of this staff. After meeting him for one spring, I said, this will be the first guy off of this staff that gets a big job is this guy. There was something about him. You just knew it. If you met him the first time you met him, you knew he was bound for big things. This to me, it's a tweet, but we live in a world where the president tweets all day long. So Twitter has a lot of power. Yeah. This tweet undoes a lot of good and just silly. It's just a silly, stupid tweet. And it it's going to anger a lot of people in Ohio. And he never would have sent this tweet if he wasn't, if he did not attain the job at Texas. He never sends this tweet if he's at Houston. He never sends this tweet, even if he was at LSU. He never sends this tweet if he's at a job that isn't as good as the Ohio State job. Now, you can argue if Ohio State's Texas are better. They're both the five, two of the five top jobs in the country. It's an equal job at the very least. Some people would say it's better, but it's an equal job at the very least. Sure. In other words, he's not going to try to get the job at Ohio State from Texas. No. Almost any other job he would have gotten out of Houston, Ohio State still would have been a carrot. And he always had visions of returning to Ohio State. And I think many Ohio State fans had visions of him coming back to Ohio State. That's done when you get the head job at Texas. That's over. This tweet just seems like a silly, stupid thing to do to kind of burn a bridge where there was nothing but goodwill. I mean, nothing. He was like the, he, in the eyes of Buckeye fans, this guy walked on water. I mean, he was the, <laughs> you know, like all the ills of the last two years would have been fixed if Tom Herman was the offensive coordinator still. I mean, right. you see what's, what, what's said. Am I making too much of it? Or is, is it, I, look, is it I that? think you are a little bit. I, I think you are okay. a little bit. Because, because I, I think if, if you ask a lot of Ohio State fans, and if you ask Urban Meyer, pretty much anything's fair game in, in recruiting. And yeah. for him to send out a tweet, yeah, it does burn bridges. I'm not disagreeing with that. The only way that I think it's really silly and that it makes him look weak. Um, I don't necessarily think that it's a bad play. I mean, I think there's still a lot of kids in the South who, you know, would be like, I don't want to go up there. I don't want to be away from my family. I don't want to play and all that. And I think the the pitch that Ohio State's been thrown at him that, you know, you're going to have to do it in the NFL, I think that's a good counter to that. Mm -hmm. But the problem with Tom Herman doing this is, like, if that's all you have, especially when Ohio State's already trying to sell these kids on, like, you're going to have to toughen up and do this anyway, it just makes them look kind of desperate. And that's not good. Like, you don't want that. No. You, if you're, you're Texas. You want to operate from a position of power. You don't need to be throwing shade on northern states to try to get kids to come to Austin. Like, that's not something you really no. should have to do. So I only think it's a bad tweet in that it makes him look like he is not operating from a position of strength. And other than that, I mean you know, pretty much anything's fair game. And we talk about like people, you know, saying, you know, Thad Mata's going to die, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is on the, on the level of that, on the scale of that, this is pretty far down the pole, but I don't mean, overall, it on, I, I don't mean that. Smart move. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think he's, I don't mean it from the standpoint of like, that it's not it's fair. It's fair in recruiting. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a bad look. Yeah. It's, it's a bad look. Enough. Urban Meyer poached this dude out of Iowa state. Right. If Urban Meyer doesn't hire this dude, He's probably the still the offensive coordinator at Iowa State or is working as a head coach at some very low-tier level place. He's a Matt coach. I mean, Urban Meyer pulled this dude from obscurity. When they hired him, we all thought they were going to hire studs. I mean, yes. We didn't think they were hiring this guy. No one knew who he was. Nobody knew who he was. Urban plucked him from obscurity and propped him up at Ohio State. Now, he delivered. 
but there were rough patches early. But he really got his flow and showed his value, and he was great. He's a fantastic recruiter. He's a fantastic play caller. The tempo stuff he did was the offense at its best. So in the eyes of the fan base, why nuke that bridge by taking what, I, what seems to me like a personal kind of cheap shot yeah. at Columbus? The line, I had to spend my March covered in snow. Oh, poor you. You made seven, <laughs> seven figures coordinating the most talented offense of the last six years. Right. And you're telling, and and I'm supposed to say you had to spend your March. Like it just, come on, man. I just think you're better than this. He's better than this. Yeah, and I would agree it, with it that. Does, you hit that it's, it's desperate. I agree with you. It's desperate. And it's, it's a, the fact that he has to do this to keep the best kids in Texas at Texas is a pretty big red flag. Yeah, it's a pretty big red flag that, that he knows that Urban's a threat and he's not going anywhere and that Urban is getting these kids out. Now, the best response to this is what happened this week with Baron Browning. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. you haven't and, seen and that's, this. But that's exactly my point. I recommend like, you Google it. It's on our site. I'm sure we still have it on the front page, do we not? Uh, I don't know if it's still Got on it. the front page or not. Um, it, it came out yesterday, right? Monday? It was, it was either or yesterday Sunday? or Monday. Yeah, it yeah. was real. It was within the past few days, but that's my point. Like, you shouldn't have to have if if you are in a position where you're like putting out stuff like that, and then players are coming out right, mm-hmm. and then making you look foolish. That's not from Texas. Good. Yeah, Kids exactly. From Texas, exactly. from your backyard, like you can't. That's just not something you want to engage in. Period, because it just makes you look like you're not operating from position of strength. Texas is trying to regain their you know position as the top dog in the state of Texas, which, frankly, I think it's insane that they would have ever left that because of their resources and reach. But right, exactly, you know. But that's what I'm saying, and it, it's just it's one of those things where. You know, I, I want Tom Herman to be successful because I like it when Texas is a good program. Uh, I like him. Yeah, he, he's a good like dude, him. too. Like, that's the other thing. Like, he is not a bad person at all. He's a good guy. No, great. It just, just strikes me as a weird play. Yeah. Yeah. I can yeah, I mean, all is fair in recruiting. You want to say, hey, who wants – I was. you want to tell a recruit, hey, I was in Ohio. It's cold. It sucks. It's gray. You don't see the sun for two months. Fine. That's fair. But yeah. – I just feel like this was a weird, silly, stupid play, and I'm I'm surprised he made it because I it I, I think your point is is absolutely accurate that it strikes of a little desperation, um, and that's not that's not a good look for the first year coach at Texas. But I know there is pressure because based off of where they finished in recruiting and the people that were very disappointed that he didn't close and didn't get any of those kids to flip to Texas. And so, I can't imagine I mean, the pressure that the dude must be under at this point, too, just because he's he's being asked to deliver immediately, right? Like, that is not a yeah, something they, where I think they're going to be happy giving him years and years to try to develop the program. Like, he's going to have to win think, quickly. Yeah, they, you're right. They think they're getting Urban Meyer. Yes, that's exactly what they and think Tom, is happening. Tom may think he's Urban Meyer. at some, He may become that at some point, but he's got a ways to go. Yeah. He's not that yet. So anyway, so that that was just fun to me, and I was just surprised at the play from Tom's take. All right, it's your turn. We can do Kyle, or we can do Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Columbus Radio feud. Uh, let's. You know what? I I I can't wait anymore. I got to talk about wrestling. I am so right. I, I watched so much wrestling over the past set, like weekend or so, and I'm just I'm pumped about it. So let's let's do it. Let's talk about Kyle Snyder like throwing someone through the very crust of the earth into the molten core of the planet. So that's the <laughs> highlight: is that he is a Superman. He's a superhero. Yes. Um, he, he tweets out before he wrestles in the final. Um, and I don't follow the wrestling, but it's, he's got a, apparently he's got a stone cold toothpick in and he says, <laughs> you know, same, same 
same Stone Cold channel, whatever. I mean, it's the kids who follow the wrestling would know what it's all about, but it, it's in reference to Stone Cold. But he basically calls a shot. He basically right. says, come watch me win a, a freaking national championship. I'm going to do it in a couple hours. You win, <laughs> and then he does it, right? Then he does it. And not only that, like, so he's wrestling at like 220, and, and he's wrestling guys that are in many cases are 25, 30 pounds heavier than him. He throws this poor dude, just throws him. And he didn't do it with broken ribs, too. Like, this is... It's just it's crazy. It's like Drago in in Rocky. Like you just you look at him and go, well, he's who does that? Um, and the great irony, of course, is he's the American who beats Russians. But it's just yeah. a, it was a surreal moment. Yeah, a couple of things to note. So you're right. Kyle Snyder is is going at about two twenty two twenty five, right? The guy he mm. beat uh, for the championship, Connor Medbury, weighs two seventy five. So he's picking up a guy who's literally fifty pounds more than him, literally hefting him to his shoulders and just slamming him to the ground. That is one of the most insane superhuman things I've ever seen an athlete do. And the right. reaction of the crowd was like completely priceless because people were like, that's this shouldn't be happening. Like it's like it's it's people who are clearly watching something that their brain does not agree with. And it was just a fantastic moment. Um, you know, Ohio State, they finished second overall. I think they had some missed chances um, in the semis, and that kind of sucks. But overall, I think they had a pretty good meet. Uh, I think the story is just what Penn State is building overall, which is completely insane uh, with Kale Sanderson, um, which is just, I, I mean, it, they destroyed everyone. It wasn't even close. Um, so it, they had a really good meet. They ho Hopefully they can hold on to some of these generational guys a little bit to compete and maybe, you know, take down Penn State a peg or two. But, man, that was a crazy meet. And I, I got so many things to say about it, but I'm, I did, Kyle Snyder being awesome, first of all, is just one of the coolest things ever, and he can beat anybody in the world, and he's, he's fantastic. So it's pretty cool. He's the best of the world at what he does. Yeah. And, you know, and it's not he even happens really to be in Columbus, Ohio. In States either. No, and it's, it's crazy. Like, he's had, he's had a, a year. He's had a career in a year. Yeah. Is what he's had. He's he's had the you know when you think of the great wrestlers of all time and it's Gable and Sanderson and the Schultz and um, Mike Smith and guys like that and and there's people will say well how could you forget this guy I'm sure I'm missing guys but those guys jump oh, out to me. Steve at Ohio State right like I mean yeah right yeah lo right exactly Logie yeah so um, and 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 those a lot of those guys a lot of people have accomplished winning collegiate national championships Olympic golds and world championships but no one has done all three in a year. Yeah. <laughs> and no one has done them at 21, 20. Yeah, that's the other crazy Nobody. thing. I mean, so he's, he's kind of like a girl Ledecky yet. in that sense, right? It's yes. Like Ledecky, is she the apples for apples here? Uh, I mean, I would say kinda? it's, it's kind of close to that because it'd be one. Here's the thing. Katie Ledecky is a little different in that she has zero competition whatsoever. Like there's nobody who can swim in the pool with Katie Ledecky in the events that she's good at. Like it's not even right. like she's an alien like from a different was in college. Yeah, like if Usain but, Bolt ran for Ohio State. That's what she is. Essentially, yes. And and yeah. yeah, that's actually probably a better comparison. But Kyle Snyder, it's not so much that he's like this otherworldly person who's just beating everybody, you know, just knocking him out by fall, 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 fall. But he is just thoroughly physically manhandling everyone. It's just a guy who is just that much higher of a motor, that much stronger, that much more aggressive. I mean, he would one of my favorite things about watching him wrestle is he will Take dudes down, right? He'll mm -hmm. let them escape just so he can get more points after he takes them down again. Like, he'll just, he, it's like a cat playing with a mouse. Like, it's really hilarious to watch. And he's doing this with guys who are, you know, 40, 50, 60 pounds heavier than him. It's just absolutely insane to watch. Um, 
And it's it's just really it, I don't know what else to compare it to because it's just something that you really don't see very often. And he's got another year of eligibility, so I'm super psyched about that. And I don't know. I mean, it's it's entirely possible that he goes ahead and replicates a lot of what he did this year in, in 2017 and 2018. You hit on the next thing uh, about it, and that is Penn State. So the Pagulas, uh, Terry Pagula, the billionaire out of the Buffalo area, I believe, is a Penn State uh, monster booster. And Pagula has basically decided that he wants Penn State to be great at hockey and, I mean, at everything, I think. But his, sure. his primary resource is giving to the people. He built an ice arena, right? So they have one of the best hockey teams in the country and one of the best wrestling teams in the country. It was like what and th- their wrestling team has now won, what am I looking at here, six out of the last seven yeah. national titles? Yes. So the wrestling program said, well, we want to be good at wrestling, so let's go Ohio Kale Sanderson. And so they made it so, and they did. And Cale Sanderson has won. He's been there like seven years, eight years, and he's won six national titles. It, it's it's nuts. I mean, there, there's no precedent. They won a national championship in the 50s. Between that and this, there's nothing. Yeah. Right? Nothing. And they just made it out of thin air. They, they created a wrestling power out of thin air. And they did the same thing with hockey, even more so with hockey. I don't even think they had a program. All of a sudden, he built an ice arena. Now, they have, now they're one of the best hockey programs in the country. So it's just... And then they're doing it in the two sports that most of the time get eaten up by Title IX. Mm-hmm. I mean, wrestling and hockey get devoured by Title IX because they take a lot of people and there's no female match for them. And usually the only one of those that survives is football. All the rest of them go by the wayside. Um, and yet Penn State has decided we're going to be great at these two things. <laughs> and, and Sanderson, to me, um, I mean, you, you could make an argument a pretty decent argument that Cale Sanderson is getting into Dan Gable territory. I, I um, think you could easily make that argument. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's there. I mean, Gable, Gable won. I mean, Iowa won like 20 national championships and they won. I mean, Gable was like the head coach. I want to say for, I mean, well, he might've been the head coach for all of them. I mean, they started winning them in 1975 mm-hmm. and they've won good grief. How many is Iowa won? Um, I think his last one was maybe 2000. Maybe I'm kind of guessing on that. So it's, he maybe won 20 national titles as a head coach. And then he only lost one match in college. It happened to be his last Sanderson didn't lose. He won every, he won the national championship every single year. Now he's got six out of seven national titles as a head coach at Penn state. It's a trem- He's right there. It's him and Gable. I mean, they're the two guys yeah. when it comes to American yes. wrestling. They're one in one a, um, but it's stunning. And you're right. I mean, it's to your point, it's out of thin air. They created these programs out of thin air. Here's what blows my mind about Sanderson. Kale Sanderson is 37 years old. <laughs> yeah. Like, that dude is 37 years old. He's won. I feel terrible. I know. And he's won an insane amount of national championships. He's one of the greatest wrestlers in American history. And we were discussing this. We were talking about this after the, um, after the championships. And, like, there's no reason for him to do anything but coach Penn State wrestling until he dies. Like, that's, that's yeah. what's terrifying about all of this. He is a... Again, it's basically like, and we again, this is the analogy we made. It's basically if you combine like Wayne Gretzky and Bill Belichick into one person, right? And then also yeah. they just happen to be like this brilliant recruiter and, and you know ambassador for the sport. It's just absolutely insane. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's really fantastic to kind of see uh, how that's that's kind of working out. Um, I know it's still kind of a niche sport nationally, but I loved watching it on television. I, I think the announcers, the guys that they have, do, you know. Commentate on this stuff are amazing. They do an incredible job explaining the action yeah. to the layman. 
Um, I just, I thought it was fantastic. And the interviews that they do with some of these guys, some of these guys like are just out of their minds. Crazy. Um, it was just, it was a lot of fun. And then of course, Kyle Snyder coming out. to like the stone cold music and, you know, like wearing the shirt and toothpick and everything. Uh, it's not for me. It's not for me in terms of, um, I didn't like it as a kid. Montana is a big wrestling state. Mm-hmm. Um, the state wrestling tournament, the huge crowds. I mean, people, it just, it wasn't something I ever liked. I don't like to watch like a dual meet doesn't interest me. Yeah. Um, but when you get to the finals of the Ohio high school state championships, or like when I was growing up the Montana high school state championships, or you get to a, the national championships and it's the, it's the final round, right? That competition is unlike anything else in sport. When, when you're talking about your strength and sheer will versus one other humans, and only you or him are going to win, and there's no help. Yeah, Th- there's no other sport that's like that on on the collegiate level. That's I mean, I'm sure fencing or something that nobody pays any attention to, but in terms <laughs> of the ones where people actually show up and they fill arenas, there's nothing else where it's you versus him, and there you have no help. Right. It's just can you win, and it's your will, his will, and you're both the best in the world at what you do, and let's see who's better. Yep. And there's no there's not that drama and those stakes. There's nothing in collegiate sports that can match it. Um, and the, the intensity of those moments are you get wrapped up in it, even if you don't care for it. And I don't really care for it, but I watched. Uh, I, I mean, I'm watching NCAA tournament all weekend long, watching the Big Ten make me believe that maybe Ohio State wasn't quite as bad as I was led to believe as the Big Ten <laughs> outperformed what, I, you know, what I, my expectations were. But right. I was flipping over. I mean, I'm flipping over, checking out and see what's happening. And it was thrilling. You're right. It was absolutely thrilling. So it did capture the imagination. Um, to say the least, and a hell of a showing. I mean, Tom's done a great job at Ohio State. Oh, I mean, yeah. He really has. Fantastic I mean, he's coach. done a phenomenal job. As good as, and he, you know, maybe not Kale, you know, in that sense, but he's right there and has created a powerhouse program. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's cool to see. And it's, I, I like it to me. It's a natural fit for the state. And, and he's such a great guy. Actually, my last day I left Columbus, here's a quick Tom story. Uh, my last day I left Columbus, I wanted to take my boys. Um, I always had kind of like free reign at Ohio stadium because mm-hmm. I hosted shows and stuff. So I would, my boys and I would go in there and I'd let them run around on the field. And I knew all the guys and they were great. And we, they, the boys had run around on the field. Well, on this day, they were, it was our the day we were leaving to drive North, uh, to move North. And the boy, my youngest or my middle son at the time, Parker was my youngest at the time. He hadn't been on the field and I wanted to picture him on the field and the security guy wouldn't let me through because they were having a, Oh, I don't, who knows, Katy Perry or some sort of concert. It might have been One Direction, something like that. Yeah. It was some teeny bopper concert. And he said, well, you can't get through, Bo. I'm sorry, I can't. And Tom came by and he said, he goes, Bo, what's going on? I said, hey, dude. He goes, and he goes, what are you trying to do? And I said, I just want to get a picture with my my boy down on the field, but they, you know, he won't let me through. I said, it's no big deal. And he goes, oh, nonsense. Come on, let's go. And the security guy goes, coach, you know, you can't go in there. And he goes, and Tom, Tom goes, yeah, he can. He's with me. And so... <laughs> We went down to the field, and I got these great pictures of, with, of my of my middle That's son awesome. on the field. That's great. And he did that, you know, which was really cool. And I, I've always liked him even before that, but that was an unsolicited moment. And um, and I'm I'm proud of the way he represents the school, and uh, proud to know him a little bit. So that 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 was cool, and and a hell of a job. It's a hell of a run for them. Um, all right, from the surreal to the absurd. <laughs> this is my final topic of the day. So this played out. This is funny because I know all these people, right? So I know yeah. all the guys at 97.1 really well. Some of them are some of my really good friends. I know the guys at the new uh, startup in Columbus, uh, 105.7 The Game. 
And I know Bruce. I've known him forever. I've known Spiels forever. The producer of that show is um, Eric Reeser, who's a guy who produced for me up in Cleveland. And I actually, when they were hiring, I said, you need to look at this guy. Maddie Spielman was an intern for me. Um, So I know all the people involved in this. So... (laughs) The matter is just is is absurd. So, yeah. Uh, what what I guess apparently what happens is in the eyes of of Bruce and Chris and Chris went on TMZ and this actually made national headlines. Um, that that Chris basically said Ezekiel Elliott needs to grow up. And the allegation from the new sports channel in Columbus was that Ezekiel Elliott was a jerk on the Buckeye Cruise for cancer, right. and that he um that he wouldn't sign autographs for cancer patients and so forth and so on. So 105.7 kind of rallies on this. Chris gets the thing on TMZ. So that goes national and that becomes a talking point all over the country. Um, 97.1, which is a partner with Ohio state and is a partner with the Buckeye cruise for cancer. Bobby goes on the cruise. Uh, Rothman I know goes on the cruise. Um, so these guys are on the cruise. Bobby has to release a statement saying that Zeke, he didn't see anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> um and and so it and then they go back and forth on twitter and it becomes this big thing and we end up writing something for the site on it and you get a we get a quote from uh lisa cisco who organizes the cruise and she's great and um and and it was just it was just hilarity and what was funny was watching it up here and and people saying oh my god we have buckeye cruise for cancer drama like that's where we're at right right? is it (laughs) like this is going on the truth of this is probably in the middle that um that Ezekiel Elliott who while I only covered him his first 2 years at Ohio State and he was a joy to cover a joy he was the coolest kid um I've told the story before about how he uh stopped with my oldest son and uh said go bucks and we used that to teach him how to potty train and it ended up on ESPN and all oh, of this yeah, stuff yeah yeah right yeah so that, that that was Zeke I mean that was before Zeke was anybody that's at yeah. the time in his second year when we didn't know if he could fill the shoes of Carlos Hyde I mean, this was before he ran through Alabama. Um, and so that was the last I covered Zeke on a day-in, day-out basis. The next year he comes back after going to the ESPYs and after doing all of these other things. And from what I've told from people around the program is that Zeke got a very big head. I'm not surprised that he did. Any 21-year-old who is given that type of fame uh, that quickly will change. You're impressionable. Yes. It happens. From there he merely gets drafted by the Dallas freaking Cowboys and rushes for the second most yards a running back has rushed for in the NFL. My guess is if Zeke Elliott does an autograph signing in Dallas, Texas, he might make six figures. It wouldn't surprise oh, yeah. me. It would no, not would, surprise me. I wouldn't be shocked so by the that. Way the Buckeye cruise for cancer works as I understand it. I have not been on it, but Dom goes on it every year and a lot of my friends go on it. Um, the way I understand it works is the players get carte blanche, right? They're given a free cruise, free food, free drink for the entire time. And that's how they get all these guys to do it because they get a free vacation. Right. Uh, in exchange, they get they have to sign autographs and mingle with the fans a couple of times a day. And these autograph standings last a couple hours, right? So the lines are around the block. Well, who is the most... Uh, I mean, this is a star-studded cruise, but there's no bigger star in football right now than Ezekiel Elliott. Right. Not just in the Ohio State stratosphere. I mean, other than Tom Brady, I mean, he's in that category, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how big of a person he is. So I'm guessing that the line was very long for him. And I'm guessing there were even times when he didn't really want to put up with it anymore. And there may have been times when he didn't even know that he, maybe he wasn't a fan of what he signed up for. Right. Um, so 
I've heard from many people that at times he was difficult on the cruise. People who were there, people who stood next to him, former Buckeyes have told me that at times he was difficult. That doesn't surprise me, not in the least bit. Uh, it's a 22-year-old dude who's been given the world, and now he's been forced to sign autographs. I get it. Um, but I did think, in general, it was hilarious. And by the way, it's good for Columbus that there are two sports talk channels in Columbus. Columbus is a big oh, enough city that you should have choices. Yeah. I mean, the, big, the worst thing that happened when I was down there is that the, the channel, I think it was like 95.5 something, they tried launching, but they didn't take it seriously. Like 105.7 has clear channel money. They stole, I mean, they're paying Chris. They stole him from 97.1. They paid Bruce to leave Cleveland. Like they're, and they're probably going to do an afternoon show and they're probably going to do a local midday show. My guess, I have no inside information. That'd be my guess that they're going to do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to try. They got clear channel money. And there's a lot of money to go around in the city of Columbus. And there's plenty. It's a big enough city for two sports stock channels to, to thrive. So if anything, it was a reminder that there are two. And I think that that's good. I think what it was about was all probably pretty silly. But I think it's good in the end. What was your vantage point of it from, from, your, from your vantage point? Uh, I mean, so we, you know, we've observed this, I think, at 11 Warriors is kind of like, you know, trying to, trying to be above it a little bit and not engage so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard to do sometimes when it's when yeah. it's this funny and and goofy and and you know it's obviously relevant because you're talking about Ezekiel Elliott and he's the biggest Ohio State name right now in terms of like a national recognition I would think serious charges um, too and this is a kid yeah. who's had a really checkered last two years right I mean, and that's he, the other thing stuff. and we're not going to ignore know. that I mean. That's absolutely yeah. true. And, and that's the thing about Ezekiel. Like, I think a lot of people want him to be the hero and want him to be the guy who is going to do all the cool things that, you know, you have stories about and other people have stories about. Mm-hmm. But you also have to mention the fact that there's a lot of smoke when people are saying that he's acting like a douchebag. And like, that's that's something that we have to kind of mention, too, if that's going to become a mm-hmm. news story and relevant. And if the police are talking to him and people are going to him, you know, on boat parties and stuff like that, like that's going to be part of the narrative that surrounds him. Um, I know that his family is going to, you know, try to market him in whatever way they need mm-hmm. to, to, you know, try to get his, you know, fame up there and his publicity to be as good as it possibly can be. But you've got to see through that a little bit. And I, I just think that the back and forth was really funny because you've also got the fan funny. element, which is hilarious because there's a lot of people who will, you know, deny to their dying breath that any Ohio State player has ever said anything bad or done anything wrong to anyone. Yep. Um, yeah. so adding in that element to everything, especially when you have people like, uh, Hooli, who can be very, you know, like, you know, brusque and, and abrasive and, and like says what yes. he means. And, and that's something that I think also people like look at and they go, I don't know. I can trust that guy. I know Zeke. And it's just all mm-hmm. of it together is really funny to me. I also thought it was funny. Uh, one of the things that I thought was interesting is that, uh, Darren Lee, who I think has tweeted like maybe, you know, a handful of times, um, <laughs> since he actually got Twitter, um, a couple of days ago said it basically his only tweet that was that, uh, quote, it all catches up to you. So I think that's a little interesting. Um, I, I do think, you know, Bobby's going to defend Zeke a little bit, but I also think that maybe, uh, Zeke Elliott does not have the, uh, the full backing of all the players who played with him. Um, just because maybe he did change a little bit and maybe, it is catching up with him a little bit. Some of the parting and some of the antics and things like that. Uh, well, and the frankly, other thing like, if you're that doing that kind of stuff, it deserves to. So I yeah. don't know. 
And the other thing on that front is, uh, this you know, in terms of th this cruise is an amazing thing and they've made yeah. so much money for cancer and it's great. Um, the players win big on this because like I said, they get free reign, they get treated like Kings. Right. Um, and even some of the marginal players who you wouldn't think, I mean, there's a roster of guys and you go, boy, people want that guy's autograph. <laughs> like really? <laughs> yeah. But, um, and, and with that are true A-listers. So, I mean, there's, it's, it's the full, full spectrum. Um, but at the same time, that cruise has to protect, like, it's almost like the old Vegas line. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Like they have to make sure that what happens on that cruise stays on that cruise. Yeah. Because in order to, to continue this gravy train, they have to continue to get high level former Buckeyes to be on it. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, you can't have all C-listers. You, yeah. You got to have the A-list guys and it's gone. Right. From relatively, you know, B list to A list with Urban. I mean, when Urban got involved, it went straight up A list across the board. Um, we Buckeye royalty when Urban got involved. Before that, it, it it wasn't like that. They didn't have this type of stuff. Yeah, I would say in general, if I were, you know, if the people gave a damn what I said, I would say, I it might not be a good idea to have the twenty two year olds on the Buckeye cruise. That maybe the the better thing is to wait till you're about 28, mm. and you live a little more life experience, <laughs> rather than have these kids fresh out of college, 21, 22. You're still a kid. I mean, look yeah. at the. I think of the mistakes I made at 21, 22, and now I'm put in. You know, you're given everything on the pro level, and now you're on something like this. I mean, what the reason that the Buckeye Cruise for Cancer works is because there's a genuine love affair between the fans and the players, and, right? And that, that that transcends. But you don't want you don't want to wreck. The worst thing you can have is to have your your uh, fan fantasy wrecked by reality, <laughs> and it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. There's enough 28 year old Buckeye legends and up that can go and fill that thing. And those people are going to continue to come. And as long as Urban's there, you'll have that. Um, but I'll, I, I mean, I'll be interested to see if Zeke goes back yeah. next year. I'll say two yeah. things about that. So first of all, I, I think you're right. I think there's just people lining up who, you know, I mean, you could have an all punter, you know, Buckeye Cruise for cancer, and that would still yes. fill up. Like people are going to be wanting to get John Toma's autograph and AJ Badger. Yes. By the way, John Toma, who I met, excellent human being. Um, He's a good dude. But, yeah. but in any event, um, by that same token, I also don't... I mean, Ezekiel could be pouring beers on people's heads. He could be mooning people in their cabins. They're still going to show up to the Buckeye Cruise for cancer. Like, I don't think there's anybody who's going to be like, I don't know how he traded people and then stay away. Like, people are going... Like, you're going to have a waiting list. Like, it doesn't matter who you put on that boat or what they've done in the past. I don't think that's really going to affect it all that much. Um, I do agree with you, though, that I think if, you know, you want to keep it on the up and up, you want to make it more of a, you know... I think a legit, not legitimate, obviously it's legitimate now, but mm -hmm. if you want to make sure that it's still kind of the, the mission that it is, then you want to make sure that the people on that boat are, you know, projecting that and that they are, you know, trying to make sure that everybody's aware that that's why they're there. But frankly, if you're just looking for money, I don't think that it really matters. What Ezekiel does as long as he's not outright assaulting people. So yeah, yeah I just, you know, I, I think Buckeye fans are going to pay money to, to do that. And honestly, more power to them. If that's something that you want to do and contribute to cancer research, I think that's awesome. And I heartily endorse it. Yeah. The, 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 the like, honestly, the, the stuff that Dom does on that is unbelievable. I mean, yeah. He runs that auction. Yeah. And, and that's when they auction off those experiences, that's where they make almost all the money. 
Right. And uh, and Dami is so good at that. And he is so good at auctioning things. Like it's amazing. <laughs> like he's just a showman. It's crazy how it comes out. I couldn't do it. Um, but I've seen him do it and he just owns it. And uh, and they do great work. And, you know, my mom was treated at uh, at at Ohio State. She unfortunately passed there. But but that was I, I always, you know, Dr. Caligiri and the guys there, I thought she was always in the best hands and they did all that they could. Um, so it's always something that's near and dear to my heart. And so I love that it, they can pull that kind of money together. And in a way, it's kind of a shame that it kind of got muddied down with this, you know, whatever this nonsense was. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, between between two radios, there's a lot of bad blood there, man. I mean, you think about Hooli's time at the fan. I mean, the whole thing. There's there's just a lot of, and then also, you know, with Spiels and Bobby. I mean, there's just a lot. lot yeah, there. there's just so many elements to the story, which I think a lot are hilarious. There. Especially a guy like Spiels coming in. I mean, you know, Chris Spielman. It, it's kind of an unimpeachable personality. That Chris, Chris Spielman says you're screwing up. There aren't a whole lot of people who are like, yeah, but Chris, come on, like think about it. Like, right. like <laughs> he's so. pretty. Yeah, he's pretty bulletproof. Uh, yeah. To say the least. So, right. and, and and back to my earlier point, that's why you know that this 1057, the game is for real. I mean, yeah. they paid to get him. So, yes. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not going to not try. So, that, that was good. Uh, all right. We got time. So, we had, that was fun. Uh, what do we have there? We had, we had roulette there of the other topics. What do we get? Do you have any ask us anything this week? We got some ask us anything. So we'll try to keep it a little short. Uh, you guys can ask us anything by sending us questions to dubcast at 11warriors.com or hit us up on Twitter at 11dubcast. Uh, this one, this first one's from Louie. Uh, okay. Louie has a pretty good question. These are the types of questions, by the way, that are pure off-season dubcast. So I really appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Louie says, my father of 68 years recently decided to grow a ponytail. My, fo- my mother refuses to divorce him. What should I do? <laughs> Okay, well, I can identify with your dad, Louis, because um, I uh, am advancing in age, and I grew a beard randomly. Oh, nice! Th- this winter, and it's awful. My kids <laughs> hate it. My wife hates it. Uh, you saw Letterman do this. Yeah. Um, we we get to a point in life where we just say, if I don't do it now, I'll never do it. And I don't know if it's just a pathetic middle age crisis for me. It probably is. Uh, for your dad, he probably just wants to have a ponytail. And I think if you reach the age of 68 and you're in good health and you can still grow a ponytail, God bless you. Grow the damn ponytail. <laughs> I think you should respond in kind by growing a rat tail um, and just kind of, oh, you yeah, know, would take onions, wouldn't it? Yeah, just get You know what? Do no maybe do a, do a little mullet action. Do a little mullet action. the rat tail? Say what? Do you remember the rat tail? Oh, Nobody yeah. does the rat tail. I, look, I'm from Southwestern Ohio, dude. Like, that's the, the official haircut of mid-90s <laughs> uh, elementary and middle school kids right. in Southwestern Ohio. <laughs> um, I avoided the rat tail, but I was subjected to the bowl cut. I didn't cut, have one so, Yeah. No. I, had a, I had a Lloyd Christmas bowl cut going. That was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> it's really bad. Uh yeah, Louis. I say go for rat tail. Just one up them. Get a get a you know get a mullet and then just maybe yeah. start doing some dreads or something. I don't know. Whatever. Just to he shame him. He has his hair and can grow it. Means you probably will. <laughs> um. No? Yeah. I mean, you, you're eventually probably going to have to. So that's what I would yeah. say. Um. Okay. So we got another one here. This is from uh, our good friend uh, Cal Poppy. This is Shannon. Uh. So. He points to a uh, a post on our uh, a topic thread on our forum, and I don't. We did not revisit this. I, I asked you to do this a while back, and I totally forgot mm-hmm. about it. And I'm really glad that yeah. uh, Cal Poppy's helping me out on this. Um, I asked you to watch an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000, yes. which is returning in a few weeks uh, to Netflix. Yeah. 
Uh, did you have a chance to watch it? I did. And here's what's even more uh, to bring. It's interesting you bring this up. So I was doing uh afternoon drive up here on 92.3 a couple of weeks ago, filling in for Dustin, I think. Dustin Fox yeah. up here. And we had the Sklar brothers in okay. the studio. Oh, awesome. And They're they, funny dudes. I right. like those. They are. Well, what's interesting is, is their show, I think, was called Cheap Seats. Yes, on ESPN, which was essentially, like yeah, exactly. Which was essentially Mystery Science Theater for sports. Yes, it was exactly and that. That's exactly what it was. And so because I had the point of reference of watching Mystery Science Theater and then interviewing them about Cheap Seats, uh, it really came full circle. So, yes, I did watch it. I watched the episode you gave me. I can't remember which one it was now, but it was, I thought I couldn't watch it all because I have three kids, but I, I was able to watch, you know, half hours worth. And it was enough for me to laugh several times. And it came in very handy when I had the Sklar brothers in studio with me. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. They, if you do get it's time, good. they have 20 new episodes or not new, but they have 20 former episodes. They just put up on uh, Netflix, the, the best of the best that they put on there. Oh, great. And, uh, yeah. So if you get a chance, check them out. They've got, some really, I mean, just, I don't know. I don't want to spend the next 20, 30 minutes just talking about Mystery Science 2000, but I absolutely <laughs> could, and someday I will, uh, but not not today. So, um, basically, uh, Cal is asking uh, me and you to maybe drop in and, and kind of talk about that a little bit. I'm going to talk about the episodes on the forum. I'll, I'll definitely uh, get into that okay. revive that thread. Um, but if you guys are out there listening, if you want to watch Mystery Science Series 2000, uh, Space Mutiny is a great place to start. Uh, Hobgoblins is an excellent episode. And um, there's another one. There's Time Chasers and Overdrawn of the Minimary Bank, which stars Raul Julia, which is terrific. So I, I definitely, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the last one here, this is uh, a little more serious. This is from our, our good friend Alvin, who's mm-hmm. know, a very consistent writer and listener. Um, who replaces that? If that's gone next season, who are we looking at? I know that's so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I would say uh, the you know I think you know anything would be in play. I would think Ohio State would maybe even if they had to be willing to up the price to get an elite coach proven. Uh, The name that I would keep an eye on, and I asked a buddy of mine who covered him in college, and I covered him a little bit, is Billy Donovan, just because I don't know how long he wants to coach. You know the NBA if Russell Westbrook. (laughs) Yeah, what's the point? It's really Um, which would just piss off so many Gator fans. It's oh my really God. funny you say that name, not just because he beat Thad Mata in the championship, yeah. but like you, you read Mark Titus's book, right? No, I didn't. Oh my God. So you got to read it. And, and not only that, but he, Mark Titus has an anecdote about how much Thad Mata hates Billy Donovan, like how much oh, he really? loathes. Yeah. Just basically talking about how it, like that was the one person that he absolutely wanted to just destroy while he was, uh, while Mark Titus really? was on the team. Uh, of course. Oh, I yeah. No idea. No, I didn't. I I didn't have, you know, I just never had, I remember when it came out and, um, but yeah, no, I, I didn't realize it's amazing because Billy's a great guy. Like I know them both and they're both, I would think that they would get along. I'm surprised. (laughs) Apparently. So according to Titus, according to Titus, uh, prior to the national championship game, Billy Donovan shook Thad Mata's hand and said something to effect to the effect of, uh, it's okay. I didn't win my first time in the national championship either, <laughs> or something along those lines. Really? That's look. That's what I remember from Titus's book. I'll, I'll have to go back and check it out and make sure. Uh, but that's what I. That's one of the biggest things that I remember from that. Uh, that and uh, you know, Costa Kufus being a turd. But like, um, yeah, I, that's that's one of the biggest anecdotes that I remember from that. And wow. uh, I don't know if he'd take it. But I could see them wanting to hire somebody like that. 
Right. You, you don't know, think they go the small? You don't think they might look for a dude? Like, I, the name I was thinking about, just because of kind of the unexpected success yeah. I think maybe he's had, but like Mick Cronin down in Cincinnati, um, I think a lot of people really like. And sure. I know his name isn't big, but he's done a lot of really great things with that program. Yeah, and Archie would be another one. Yeah. I mean, Archie has ties. He's done great at Dayton. It's certainly worthy of a job like this. Um, what, what I, what I, my inclination would be that they would try to go very, very big because they've got a big arena and they've got money tied to it and they need to create. I mean, they, they really can't miss in basketball right. at Ohio State with the amount of money that's been invested in it. Uh, and I'm not saying Mick would miss and Archie. I don't know if any of those guys would miss, but it would almost be like if you hired any of those guys and it wasn't Thad, are you sure that they're better than Thad? Yeah. You know? So to me, the only way that you could could replace that is with somebody who is kind of like replacing Tress, where the only way you could replace Tress was, well, hell, let's go get the best guy there is. Mm-hmm. And they did. So I, I would think when it came to the replacing of Thad, that their intention would be to land a sure thing. And that's how I get to Billy. And I don't know if it would be Billy. My guess is they would start there because Urban's close with him and that he would you know, be able to say, hey, are you interested uh, pretty quickly? And I don't know if Billy would be interested or not. He might want to stay in the NFL or in the NBA. Uh, but I think that they, at the very least, they would kick tires on names like that. I think you would see the very, I think you would see them pursue the biggest names in the sport. Yeah. No, I, I think, I think I agree with you. I think that's kind of what they would be obligated to do just because of the yeah. profile that they're trying to put with the team. So I, I totally yeah. see that. Absolutely. Um, I mean, they so that's, that's, it's a big uh, business. Yeah, well, that's and, and that's the thing, though, because I mean, as much as I again, I really do love Thad Mata, the human being. Mm-hmm. And I think that whatever woes he's had in the best several years, I think isn't necessarily reflective of him as a coach. But but I don't know that he's really embraced that role as like the real like flashy, sexy, you know, blue blood team that Ohio State wants to cultivate, um, at least as a coach, like as a head coach. Like he still seems to be the guy who doesn't love his you know media commitments and other things like that. And doesn't no, have- yeah, he doesn't. So, you know, I, I think that might be part of it, and I think they might look for a guy. I mean, before, you know, I think he's fallen off the radar of a lot of people because of how his team's performed the past several years. But a guy like Shaka Smart, right, would have been, I think, right. had they fired Thad Mata several years ago, Shaka Smart would have been a guy you want to bring in because he has that, I think, you know, appeal. Um, but then, on the other hand, I don't really know who you bring in now because uh, his, his yeah. star's fallen a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Archie's probably the, the, the hottest name. Yeah, you know, because of what he's done. I mean, I would think that they'd kick tires on Sean Miller, although you don't leave Arizona to go to Ohio State. But no. I think they would kick the tires on him. Um, I'm, I think they'd probably Dana Altman at Oregon. Like I, I could see them. You know, he's had big success pretty quickly at Oregon. Um, mm-hmm. I would think that they would kick tires on him. I mean, you can just go through a bracket and you know, Chris Collins at Northwestern. Um, I would think that they would kick tires on him. I think Collins would be a great idea, frankly. Um, yeah. I mean, I that's, mean, that's, I think that's what they would try to do. Right. I'm just looking at a bracket right now and just seeing like who's out there and who's, um, you know, Mark Few's not leaving anytime soon. You don't want anybody associated with Baylor for God's sakes. Um, <laughs> right. Butler, North Carolina, UCLA, Kentucky. No, I mean, so th- those would be the, th- they'd, st- I'll just say this, knowing the people who make those decisions a little bit, they would go as big as can be. I mean, they wouldn't, I don't think you'd see them, uh, Mick's a great coach, but he wouldn't be where they'd start. Uh, they would start big and they would try to land a big fish and they might pay upwards of 5 million to get it. Which would be crazy because I mean, yeah. and they'd be totally willing to do that and they have the money. It's not, I mean, again, it'd be crazy yeah. only in the sense that it hasn't been done before, but like, yeah. 
they don't it's not like they don't have the scratch so i mean no. <laughs> go for it no yeah yeah i mean they they've and they, the funny thing is is the is is that florida for that brief time you know that four year period had the best anybody's ever had it in college athletics and Ohio state was on the losing end of both times. Otherwise Ohio state has it, but to win national championships in football and basketball, senior year of college in football, two in basketball, uh, you know, for Florida, two of those championships, one in football, one in basketball, two at beating Ohio state. Right. I don't know if anybody will do that again, but yeah. Ohio state views itself as being able to consistently. Right. Yeah, senior year of college, got to watch Florida beat Ohio State in two national championship games. Was it really? Yeah, that was, that was great. <laughs> really, really, really fun times for me. Um, I was at both of those from the other perspective, and then that yeah. summer I started at Channel 10. There you go. Well, <laughs> yeah, the last two things I covered in Florida Rangers were... in the night. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we were both at the same events. <laughs> right. Oh, God. Okay, well, that's All Ask right, Us buddy. Anything. Uh, thank you guys for writing in. Really appreciate it. And the weird questions. I, I, I just relish the weird questions. Thank you so much yeah, for fun. asking the question about the ponytail. Thank you. That's beautiful. Right. Plus, we have to, I mean, you're talking about guys who have to navigate through, you know, the serious matters of a radio war in Columbus. So it's nice to end with something light, <laughs> you know, right. at the end. Right. Um, and please uh, subscribe. And if you're on the iTunes rate, that would make us happy and make the czar happy. So uh, please do that if you have the time. Yep, absolutely. All right, guys, we'll see you. I'm out the next couple of weeks uh, in the California anniversary for with with me and the blonde. So I'm out for a couple of weeks, but uh, um, we will we will talk to you soon, John. You you'll do next week, right? Oh yeah, we're gonna have, we'll we'll throw a couple of things at you guys. Yeah, so you'll we'll... do a little guest hosting. Maybe I'll yeah. call in for a, for a ten minute spot and check <laughs> in from the West Coast. That'd be good. I'd enjoy that. Let's see if we can get that working. Let's see if that works out. Yeah. All right. I'll check in. We'll do a check in. All right. Cool. All right, buddy. We'll see you next week then. See you next week.